that, my friends, is the Edge of Your Seat podcast intro done by my good friend, Brian Cavelli. Thanks again, man. Appreciate the intro, outro, hearing it every time I do one of these episodes of this show. It is amazing. I love that beat. No doubt. Well, welcome. It's Friday. High school basketball is going on right now in a gymnasium near you somewhere. And in Illinois, it has been going on all day. Class 1A girls basketball state semifinals at, of course, Illinois State University's Redbird Arena kicked off this morning. In the first semifinal, Eastland defeated Shiloh, which is a co-op in Hume, Illinois, 70 to 29. Again, every time that I bring up one of these Eastland scores, I have to think about Amboy. Lost in the sectional championship by a three-pointer with five seconds left. I have said it on every podcast because it is making me heartbroken. Amboy should be in the state semifinal. Man, just one three, five seconds needed a tick before it went off. Ugh, those lady clippers, man. I feel for you. I feel for you. So at the 1 p.m. state championship game for 1A on Saturday will be Eastland against Lewistown, who defeated Aurora Christian 70-42. Aurora Christian knocked out St. Bede in a sectional semifinal, so I was kind of hoping they would make it to the state championship game. Obviously, they made it to state. Still a great season for them, but I thought they were going to the shit. Lewistown obviously proved them wrong. A couple of blowouts in the semifinals. So Lewistown and Eastland, 1 o'clock for the championship. And of course, that means Shiloh and Aurora Christian in the third place game at 11 o'clock. In Class 2A, the second semifinal is still going on. Actually, just starting between... Carterville and Chicago Marshall. I do not bet on high school sports. I will never do that. If you listened to last podcast, I had said I know Carterville really well. I have covered football games for them, basketball games for them, because they were outside of my college, which is SIU in Carbondale. Go Salukis. Always got to say go Salukis. So I'm hoping Carterville can pull it out. We will see. In the first semifinal, which was played earlier, Pleasant Plains defeated Riverdale 42-27. So Pleasant Plains is in the state championship game at 7-10 on Saturday. And the third place game is at 5-30 where Riverdale is awaiting their opponent. And Riverdale was my horse in that race because they won the Mendota sectional. I was there for that game against Winnebago. And their defense was scary good against Winnebago and from what Mendota coach John Hansen said it was really good against the Lady Trojans, even though the Lady Trojans only lost 39-31 in the semifinal to Riverdale. So we will see what happens in 2A to figure out a state championship game. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be doing this intro for like an hour and a half, so I will not catch the score on this one. But you better believe on Saturday's episode, we will be back tomorrow, that we will have updates on those scores as well. Boys basketball 1A and 2A playoffs are also going on right now, and they are in the regional round. Regional finals are tipping off tonight, probably about right now. It's about 7.15-ish, 7.20, so most games are going on. 
what I am very interested in and talk about on this episode is Indian Creek, who is 32-0 right now, meeting Rockford Christian Life at the Rockford Christian Life Regional Final right now. It tipped off at 7 p.m., so they are underway right now. On this very episode, we have Indian Creek head coach Joe Pycars and senior Cooper Larson. It was very awesome to speak with them. I learned a lot about both. I had never spoke to either the coach or the player heading into this, and I like those a lot. Getting to meet new people and to see how the conversation goes, and it, it went pretty well. We flowed, no doubt about it. They have definitely talked to media before, so it was, it was a great time. And I am sure there is tons of people in the area that knows this. I did not, or I do not remember. I don't know how this happens, but Coach Joe Picars is a former pitcher for the Oakland Athletics minor league system. He was in the farm league. It was awesome talking to him. We talked some baseball, talked a lot of basketball. It was pretty awesome. And Cooper is a great kid too. Seems like he's got his head on his shoulders and is ready to get as far in this playoff bracket as possible. If Indian Creek can get out of the regional final, they will meet the winner of Lena Winslow and Eastland, there's that name again, in a sectional semifinal on Wednesday. And that is the River Ridge sectional in Hanover. Another 1A regional final I am definitely keeping track of tonight is Samanak versus Newark. That is the Samanak regional final. It tipped off at 7 o'clock also. That should be a great game, no doubt. In Class 2A boys basketball, the main sectional I've been paying attention to is Princeton. Four regionals involved in each sectional, so we will break down the regional finals that are all going on tonight on Friday at 7 p.m. So they are all in the first quarter of action right now. For the Rock Falls Regional, we have Newman against Rock Falls. That should be a good one. We have Winnebago against El Paso Gridley. Winnebago is the team of nightmares. Every single year, they get to a super or a sectional final every single year, just knocking out every team that I see play against them. I have never seen them lose in a playoff, and it seems like I see them every single year. So we will see what happens with them this year. El Paso Gridley, another strong team, so we will see. One of major, huge interest is, of course, Princeton against Fieldcrest, which is the Illinois Valley Central, the IVC regional. Princeton, the number seven seed into the regional, huge upset in the semifinal with a 60-56 win over Kiwani. Kiwani, the number one seed, definitely can't be too happy about that. But the Tigers, elated. Man, probably didn't see themselves playing for a regional title and to see how far they can go, but they are. And Fieldcrest got into the regional final by defeating the home team, IVC, 63-51 on Wednesday. In the Mercer County Regional, it is Rock Ridge against Orion. Teams that I never super covered, like they weren't ever the main focus, but I've seen both teams many times been to both of their gyms. That should be a good game as well. Both squads, for being small towns, always seem to have really good basketball programs. So that is, of course, awesome. Well, that is all the updating I am going to do with sports, scores, 
It is always awesome to see what is going on in Illinois playoff sports, especially as they're going on. Like, they just tipped off the games. So it's very cool to see what will happen. Like I said, we will be back on Saturday to update those scores and to see who moved on. Moving on the rest of the week. I mean, it's already Friday. We will have a show Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Have tons of interviews in the books, ready to go. Earlier in the week, I suffered an inflamed organ, so it was really painful to sit in a chair, do things like that. I do work at a bank. I'm at a desk all day, cannot miss paychecks, so I had to go to work there and kind of had to push off the podcast just a few shows or a few days so I could get healthy. But I'm back, I'm ready to go, and life is awesome. Like I said, on the show, Indian Creek representatives, head coach, Joe Pycars and senior Cooper Larson. It was a great time talking with them. They're both awesome guests, both awesome conversationalists. It was a lot of fun. Just in case you don't know, got to do the plugs, right? Don't know where you listen to this one, but you can always catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Go back and listen to the other shows if you haven't. I feel they're all awesome. Great guests, great conversations. We don't always just talk about sports. Not a huge sports fan, there's a little bit of everything. I usually talk to guests about things that have nothing to do with sports, some more than others, but we try to include other stuff because, you know, sports isn't all of life. There's a lot of stuff behind us. We are all complicated, interesting human beings, so I try to showcase that. On social media, catch us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Still mad at Twitter that I couldn't fit the whole name of my podcast, but it is what it is. This is host Brandon LaChance. Thank you for joining us for episode 54. We are cruising through these podcast episode numbers, and that's awesome. That means you keep listening, and I keep getting to talk and share life. Um, we're sharing life together, which I love to do with my guests and of course my listeners. It's a lot of fun. Any questions, concerns, anything that you want to address to me or to the listeners, feel free to drop an email at edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's enough. Nothing more to say. Again, I'm Brandon LaChance, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Please keep listening. Interact with us. We love it and appreciate it very much. Much love, no doubt. So, until next time, peace. Basketball postseason, high school style, is definitely underway now. Class 1A and 2A kicked off on Monday with regionals. It is Thursday. We are moving into regional finals on Friday, and I have the pleasure to speak with Indian Creek boys basketball coach Joe Pycars and senior Cooper Larson. Going to start talking with Cooper. Cooper, how are you today, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk some basketball. Oh, yes. <laughs> it has been my favorite sport since I was like eight years old. I played from Mendota, graduated a long, long time ago in 2004. Okay. Well, that was a pretty long time ago. But... <laughs> yes, it was. I could yeah. definitely not play with you. There's no way with the regular season i mean right now you guys are 32 and 0 and that's with two postseason games so you come into the playoffs with a 30 and 0 record talk about that feeling of going undefeated for a whole entire regular season 
It's honestly, it's it's a weird feeling. It's it's not something we were really thinking about the whole way through, and then all of a sudden it happened, and we kind of just kind of hit us that we were undefeated and we haven't lost a game yet. I mean, it seemed like up and down for us the whole way, but we always seem to keep our heads straight and keep playing some hard basketball, and then it just happened, I guess. So throughout the ride, there wasn't any talk of like, hey, we're on a streak, or hey, we're undefeated. There, there really wasn't any talk about it at all. Well, a little bit here and there, but it wasn't so much to the point where we really wanted to think about it. You know, we kind of just wanted to keep playing basketball, and I think if we started thinking about it and talking about it, it'd make it a lot more pressure than there had to be. So I think it was good that we just didn't really talk about it too much. And then when it ended the regular season, it was pretty nice to look and see that we went 30-0. So it was pretty incredible. I'm very impressed. I have not seen a, a run like that in quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple times where we had we would get down against some teams and we would start to hang our heads, and then I think it was, it was usually around halftime sometimes during games, and then we would just start to pick it up. We'd pick each other up. Great team basketball, mentally and, and physically. So, What is it about this team that has made you guys so successful? Are you shooters? Are you inside? You push fast break, tough defense, or a little bit of everything? Well, actually... Kind of everything that you just said, I mean, we like to try and do all that. We we adjust to what we're given, and I mean, if we can't hit one night, then we gotta, we gotta get inside, and we usually try to run on teams and play really hard defense, and we just get a recipe going right now and just keep going with it. I think it's, it's good for us. We just be very versatile as a team. It sounds like you guys do your homework and know what's going to work against other teams as well. A lot of times, like just like today, we'll just do a bunch of scouting teams, and it's it's very good because even the people who don't really get as many minutes on the court, they always help us in practice. They're always there to keep us in check and keep us going in practice, and that really helps us get prepared for the team. And we also we also watch a lot of film. We got a lot of film on some teams, so we watch a lot of that as a team. Watching film was never my favorite, and actually my teammates would agree with me. We hated it. But the longer I've been around sports, the more important I feel that film is. How important has it been for your team and for yourself to watch film and study your opponents and know what you're going to go up against? Well, I think it's really good because a lot of teams that we play first, um, it's kind of a shock when we, we do a lot of the stuff that we do, and then obviously they're going to be watching film on us. And they're going to make a lot of adjustments, so we just got to kind of know what kind of adjustments they're going to make, and we got to make adjustments to our game, too. And there's always times where we can get better, and we're always trying to better ourselves every single week. We try to push ourselves and see if we're better than the week before, and usually we can tell that from film, and we can watch ourselves and see how we can get better every game. Describe yourself as a player. What are some of your strengths that, you know, you're on the basketball court, that's your go-to? I think a lot of in the post. My teammates are really good at finding me when I got good position. I like stepping out and shooting the three sometimes, too. Rebounding. I also try to rebound a lot. I mean, just every possession for our team is a good one. And whether that's keeping the other team from getting an extra possession or giving us an extra one, I think that's really essential. So rebounding is another big one. And just playing hard defense. Just staying in front of someone that's all I can do. And just my teammates got my back and they got up on their guys. I think it's a good team defense overall. Definitely. How tall are you? I'd say 6'3", maybe. I'd say so. It's somewhere in that area. 
I'm not really sure. It's different everywhere. So, so since it's high school, it's basketball, that means on the roster it says 6'7". Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been around a while. I know how it works. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So being in a small community, small area, you know, usually that means a team that is doing well and obviously 32-0, and 0, very successful. That usually means you guys have been playing together for a long time. Is that the case at Indian Creek? Or have you guys been a team for quite a long time? Yes, that's actually one of the things that I think kind of stands out that people don't really see is that we've always played rec ball together. We've always played open gyms together. We've played basketball in middle school together all the way up and... Last year, we're, all of us were on the same team together, and I think that really helped us this year. And we just bonded, and we knew what we could all do, and we help each other become better at everything we do. And so I think it's really good to just keep working individually on ourselves and knowing what we can all do and just benefiting the team just like that. Awesome. Was there any adversity that you guys had to face throughout the season, not only to keep the winning streak, the undefeated season alive, but just to stay successful and, you know, keep your heads above water? Yes. Uh, yes, there was a lot of games where we, we had a lot of adversity, and every single game that we had adversity, Coach always tell us that you're, you're going to get that again, and it's, it's going to keep happening, so you got to be ready for it. And I think every time we kept getting adversity, we'd always handle it a little bit better every time. And I think that a lot of the uh, bigger games against better teams, we've always we've been down at some point. It's good that we can adjust mid-game instead of after the game to some of the adversity that hits us. And we can kind of bounce back from that. And that's really how we've kind of come out and been ready to play after we get hit with those. So One thing I have noticed through looking at stories watching, you know, little clips on YouTube, things like that, is I always see a bunch of different names in the scoring column, whether it's you, Cooper Larson, Michael Lampson, Jordan Wartman, Drew Gadsden, Brennan McNally, Cam Russell, Davis Stryker. That is seven names, eight names that I just listed that you could see on an Indian Creek, you know, top scorers list on any given day. That has to be very vital for you guys to be 32-0. and Oh, yes. I mean, it's just who's ever open. I mean, not one of us is really looking to score 20 points per game and making sure that we can get our points in. I think who's ever open and whoever can hit those shots and when they're open, they should take the shots. And we all know that. And everyone just plays really hard. And especially when we run transition really well. I mean, it's just whoever makes that really good pass to the person who's open is going to get that layup. So. I think it's really good team basketball, and we always try to find each other and get each other open. That sounds like a good game plan. Oh, yes. Yep. It's very fun. Very fun to play with this team. Sports are supposed to be fun, but being able to play with friends that you've been around for a while and you've played since you guys were little, just talk about that and being able to share something with friends that after high school is done and after this season's over, you know, you guys get older and you're going to be able to talk about this. So just talk about that special feeling of being able to do this with friends that you know you're going to have forever. It's great. I mean, after our 30th win and the season was over and we went undefeated, and we talked about how this season is going to be something that we remember for the rest of our lives and that we'll always be able to talk about it with each other. It's just great that we can have fun together on the court and we also take it seriously at the same time. One of, another key factor that we have is that we know how to have fun, but we also know how to get stuff done when we need to. That's a big part of our game. 
going into the postseason, was there any, you know, pressure, undefeated regular season, you go into the postseason, and, you know, sometimes high school age kids, you know, let it lets the pressure get to you, you know, oh, we have to keep winning, and then when you're forcing stuff, that's usually when you struggle or you slip. What has been going on with you guys to make sure that doesn't happen? We know that it's it's winner go home every game at this point, and I mean, there obviously will be There'll be a little bit of pressure, and I think we, we can see that. But at the same time, I mean, we just know that if we play our game, that we'll be pretty good in the long run, and that we, I mean, as long as we play hard, whatever happens, happens. It's basketball, and can't really predict what's going to happen at the end of the night, but as long as you play hard and put yourself in a good position, I think it'll be it'll be very good for the team. And so I, I don't think there's too much pressure, and especially with all the fans that come and watch us from our community, it's really good. They kind of relieve some of the pressure because we know that they're they're going to back us up no matter what, whether we win or lose every single night from now on. I think that's good. Awesome. Heading into these playoffs, I mean, you guys have not stopped rolling. I mean, you beat Our Lady of Sacred Heart 71-15 and then defeat Durand 87-52. I mean, you guys have continued rolling. What worked in those two games to get the score high and then lead to blowouts? I think it was just a lot of our pressure and a good game plan, pressuring the other team and just keeping them on, your, on their toes. We just keep playing the same kind of basketball we've been playing the entire year. I mean, running in transition and just getting up on the ball, not giving a play up, hustling, diving, and I think that's one of the biggest things that Coach told us today. Is he said that he knew it was going to be a pretty good game for us when we started diving for the ball in the first quarter. We were up by 20 or 30-something in the second quarter. We were still diving for the ball. We were still hustling, and... So I think it was just doing things the right way. It always lead to a good result. And I think that if we just keep playing basketball our way, I think I think we'll be good. I would have to agree with that. I got to ask you a couple questions that's not all serious and stuff. So first, who's your favorite basketball player? Favorite basketball player of all time would probably be Michael Jordan. I've always watched him as a kid, and that was my dad's favorite player. But right now I think in the modern game it would probably be James Harden. I am left-handed, but I don't play left-handed. But I wish I played left-handed just so I emulate my game off of James Harden's step back and crossovers. But it's all right. Still do it left-handed. I hope you play more defense than James Harden. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> He's getting better at that, too, so that's okay. Yeah, he actually is. I was going to say that afterwards, so I'm glad you caught that. But the first part of his career was awful to watch. Yeah. How about you? Who's your favorite basketball player? Of all time, Michael Jordan. Like I said, I'm an old man, so when I was, you know, a teenager, was the the last three-peat. So in 98, I'm 13, 14 years old, so I, I got to watch Jordan in the prime of, you know, when I started playing, so it had to be Michael Jordan. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I always loved watching Michael Jordan as a kid, and just re-watching those playoff games and him just dominating. That's great. Definitely. If we're talking about now, there's a couple different guys I like. I loved Kevin Durant a few years ago. And then if it's not Kevin Durant, I think I'm going to have to say Zion. I know it's early. This is halfway through his rookie season. But if he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster in the new face of the league. Oh, yes. Yes, he's he's very dominant. That's what I think. He's scoring more points than he's playing minutes at the moment, I think. So that's pretty insane. Yeah, as a rookie. <laughs> I got I to throw that out there. As a rookie, he's doing that. It's insane. Yes. Definitely. All right, you ready for a question that has nothing to do with sports? All right, I'm ready. 
What is your favorite kind of cereal? Favorite kind of cereal? I think it really depends. I normally only get cereal when I go to the grocery store, like, with my parents to go grocery shopping, which is very rare, but <laughs> most of the time I'll get Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs are pretty good. But if I'm not feeling chocolate, then probably Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Those are pretty good, too. I think it's whatever makes the milk the best flavor at the end. I think that those are the best kind. I feel like we were long-lost friends because all of your answers have been similar to mine. So I like it. The milk after the cereal is like the best part. Exactly, yes. Yes, it's the ending. It's when you know you're done and it's great. It always tastes great. Exactly. If you could go anywhere on vacation, where would you go? And I don't have to pay for it? No, we'll have Coach pay for it. Oh, okay. This one's tough. Um, maybe like Los Angeles, I think so. Maybe like a professional basketball game, but like a big one. Like game seven, the playoffs maybe. Like a really good basketball game. That would be a good vacation kind of thing. Or maybe Florida. I don't know. I haven't really thought too much about this one. <laughs> With both teams healthy, I definitely either this year or next year want to catch a Lakers-Clippers game. Oh, yes. Yes. We're talking Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I feel like that is an NBA Finals-like atmosphere, just it can't be because they're both in the West. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's too bad you can't switch up the conferences right now. That'd be... <laughs> right? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Make an All-Star game for the Finals. That'd be pretty nice. Since you brought it up, did you catch the All-Star game? A little bit of it. A little bit of it. It was, it was pretty good. I, I don't like how it ended on a free throw, but other than that, I think it should end on a jump shot or something like that. But Yeah, I hope next year they make it. You have to win by two so it's not a free throw. Or, yeah. you know, if it's make it where you can't win by a free throw, say, hey, you're not going to win by a free throw. Because say even if, you know, it's tied and you drill two free throws or however they want to do that. But other than that, it was very, it was very good. Three-point competition was good. Dunk contest was really good. The game was very competitive. So I think it was all, it was all really good. Yeah, I totally agree. I was surprised with the dunk contest because, I mean, it's been around forever, and you can only do so many things as a human being to dunk the basketball, but it was phenomenal. Yes. Eric Gordon probably should have won, but, I mean. He got robbed. Derek, he got robbed. Derek Jones is a pretty good dunker, too, so I, I give him credit. He's pretty good. Aaron Gordon got robbed. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cooper, I want to thank you for joining us on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you very much, man. And I'm not a luck guy, so I'm not going to say I wish you luck or anything like that. Obviously, Indian Creek knows what it's doing on the basketball court. So if you guys execute, perform how you guys know how to do, I don't see this postseason run ending anytime soon for you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Definitely. You can throw me to coach now. Thanks again, Cooper. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you. Well, now let's go to Coach Joel Pycars. I'm glad I knew how to say his name by just looking at it. He didn't throw anything at me through the phone. That's a plus. That's impressive because people get that get a, get my last name wrong all the time. So, so I give you credit right away from the start here. I'm not going to lie. I looked at it last night, actually this last week, after we've been trying to figure out when a time to talk would work. I kept studying it like, how would you say this? I'm going to go with Pycars, and I'm glad I was right. But, yeah, I studied it. I did my research. Well done, well done. <laughs> so let's talk about this Indian Creek team. I mean, 32-0, and 0, blow out your first two wins of the Rockford Christian Life Regional, move on to the 
final 7 p.m. Friday against Rockford Christian Life at their home court. Any worries? I know you guys have watched film already, studied the team. What is your game plan going in without giving me too much, obviously? Yeah, you know, Rockford Christian Life has 26 wins on the year, and you don't win 26 games by accident. So they can play. They got some kids that can put the ball in the basket and and do some really good things offensively. So we're going to be ready to go tomorrow um, against a, a good quality Rockford Christian Life team on their home court. Our guys have had confidence the entire season, though, and, and I think we're going to try to continue to play the game we've been playing and put ourselves in the best possible position to succeed. So it should, it should be a fun one tomorrow night kind of asked Cooper this, but as a coach, you know, you go into the postseason undefeated. Is there any worries from you of like, hey, maybe my team is going to get too overconfident, anything like that, maybe cocky even? Somewhere along the line, real quick, they're going to lose to a team that they probably shouldn't have because maybe they got overconfident. This team has been great the entire season of understanding how we need to get better every single week and, and what we need to do. We actually, throughout the season, especially as, you know, after Christmas, we've done a lot of team check-ins and just kind of see where they're at mentally, how they're feeling, where we're at, what we need to do to get better. And I think that's helped a lot because this can get overwhelming. We're getting a lot of great attention. It can lead to some pressure, but they they have been fantastic throughout this entire process. And it's, it's a testament to the mental strength that they have. I know if I was 30-0 at the regular season, I would have been crazy cocky as a 17 or 18 year old kid. I don't think people would blame you and that's what I think is part of the reason why they were able to go 30 and 0. We've had the motto from the beginning of the season and this was the motto before we even obviously knew what our record was going to be as we asked ourselves at the end of every week are we a better team at the end of this week than we were last week and if we can answer yes to that question no matter what the outcome of the games were we did our job. If the answer to that question is no then we didn't do our job and we need to be better the next week. So I think that's helped a little bit where we're, we just take it week by week and, and we're just asking ourselves, are we better today than we were last week? And, and almost every week we were able to say yes, and, and that's, that's really important. Obviously you prepared the team for that. How did you go about preparing them for probably midway through the season, everybody is throwing their A game at you because you're undefeated and they want to be the team to beat you. How did you guys, you know, project that or avoid that happening? Oh, it's been fun. Honestly, it's been fun. We've embraced the fact that not only have we been getting everybody's best shot, but the crowds we've had the last month, month and a half, have been absolutely incredible. We haven't played in front of anything less than a packed house in quite some time. And that is, that's fun stuff right there. That's that's what high school basketball is all about, to have great atmospheres night in and night out. So you can't ask for anything more than, than, than that. One thing I look through your guys' schedule, I've actually been following you all season long. I was kind of waiting to when would be a great time to speak to you, and I figured, eh, now we're in the postseason, like this is a good time. So I'm looking at the schedule, and of course you have your 1A schedule, Little Ten Conference. You did not just only play 1A teams. I mean, Genoa Kingston, Joliet Catholic, Kiwani, Oregon, Stillman Valley, Plano. Do you feel that playing those tougher teams, whether it be 2A or 3A, helped you guys prepare for being undefeated or getting a long postseason run? 
Absolutely. We did that by design this year. We had a good season last year and Cooper is our is our one senior starter and we've got four junior starters and they, they were all up as sophomores last year and, and we won 20 games and with them all as sophomores and Cooper as a junior and we we came in this year thinking we had a good chance of having some success. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to schedule some really good opponents to, to hopefully get us ready and to challenge us. So we started off this year in that Bernie Wilkie Classic and got to play really solid teams like a Joliet Catholic and Aurora Christian and Aurora Central Catholic and then followed up with with some of the teams you mentioned. We went to the Fulton Shootout and played a team out of Iowa who was ranked number one or two in the state in 2A. We're proud of the teams that we played, uh, not to mention playing an outstanding Kiwani team in the championship of the Marseilles tournament. We've played quite a few good opponents, and, and I think that absolutely has prepared us as the season's gone along. You mentioned Cooper Larson is your senior starter. Who are the other starters around him? Our other four starters are Drew Gaston, Cam Russell, Michael Lampson, and Brennan McNally. With the starting group that you have, you know, why did you create it that way? What it is about them that can jump out and take a lead early or put the tempo the way that Indian Creek wants it to be? Yeah, one of the things we've talked about since the summer, actually, and, and those five start, and then we have Tyler Swanson and Davis Stryker are the two main guys that come off the bench. They do an outstanding job as a group of complementing each other. Cooper Larson's a better player when Drew Gaston is, is around him. Drew Gaston's a better player when Cam Russell's around him, and and so on and so forth throughout the lineup. So they all complement each other so well, and they all make each other better. And I think at the 1A level especially, when you have five guys on the court that can score at all times and really just mesh and, and that puzzle works together, I think I think that's what what's really kind of separated us as, as a team this year. I am always curious with a coach when they get a group of athletes, players that have been around for a while that have grew up playing the game together and know how each other play and stuff like that. As a coach, what do you do? How do you mold that or coach that to be successful on the court? You know, and it's kind of interesting, you know, Cooper, I know, mentioned earlier about how that they've been playing together their their whole lives, and, and most of them have, but, but what's kind of a unique situation for us starting last year was we brought Pawpaw in, so Brennan McNally and Michael Lampson are kids that went to Pawpaw High School their freshman years. I give the team, not only Brennan and Michael, but the, the other kids, a ton of credit because that, that can be tough when you bring a whole new high school into your school and, and trying to figure out how that meshes. And everybody's been great about it. And both the Indian Creek communities and the Pawpaw communities to, to come together like this and just be able to mesh the way they have, as, <laughs> we could not ask for anything more. So the Indian Creek boys basketball team has been around since the 93-94 season. I did all kinds of research to get ready for this interview. I hope you know that. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so since 93-94, the program's been around. That's 27 seasons. 13 of them were shared by three different coaches. You have coached the last 14 seasons. If you add the 32-0 record that you have now, you're 272 wins, 142 losses for a 65.7 winning percentage, which is craziness. What is it about, you know, the Indian Creek program or the talent that you've had around you that is, you know, led to this kind of success for you? We have kids that are ready to work. 
and they put in the time, they put in the effort. We have great support throughout our entire community. Basketball is, everybody loves basketball here, and there's a passion for basketball here. This team is successful because other teams in the past have paved that way and have shown these guys how it's done, whether it be coming in in the morning to, to do shoot-arounds, whether it be the, the work putting in the summer, whether it be just the just trying to set yourself apart in the classroom and being, being just the best overall person you can possibly be. This is something that has just carried on for years. So when they do get to high school, they're, they're prepared and they're ready to just be not only really good basketball players, but really good students, really good people. We try to stress to them, don't just be try to be the best basketball player. Be just the best at everything be the best student be the best son be the best brother try to be the best at everything that you do and i think i think that helps i think that's been what we've been trying to establish here and they buy into it and it's been a lot of fun this is a, this is a great spot to be here at Indian creek definitely it sure sounds like it i am quickly becoming a fan <laughs> and, and, and you know and i think with this team in particular when you watch us play, we play a fun style. They are very unselfish, and we move the ball quick, and we show flash at times, but it's not showboating. I think that they get a lot of compliments, not only with you know the type of people they are, but the type of style they play, and and it's it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Are you from the area, or where did you come from? I am not. I um, grew up in the suburbs, and I went to Streamwood High School. So I was actually used to the big 4A schools, 2,000 kids. And I remember my, I can still remember my first time here at Indian Creek walking in the gym and being like, okay, well, where's the main gym? You know, (laughs) because I'm used to these huge gyms and and not necessarily used to the small gyms. But you you quickly learn to love the small school atmosphere once, once you start to get used to it. Now, I have to ask you some weird questions. Are you ready? Shoot. (laughs) So I don't know if basketball is your favorite sport, but since you've been coaching it so long, it probably is? I'd say basketball and baseball. I was a baseball player in college, and I played for the Oakland A's baseball. So baseball was what what carried me for quite a while, but I still love basketball as well. You played for the Oakland A's? I played in their minor league system, yes. Oh, wow. Where'd you go to college at? I went to NIU. Nice, NIU. What year would you have graduated NIU? My last year playing there was 2004, and then I signed with the A's after that and played uh, in their system from 2004 to 2007 and was fortunate enough to play year, uh, with the King Cougars, actually, because they were an affiliate of the Oakland A's uh, in 2006 when I played there. Okay. So what made the transition coaching-wise to go to basketball instead of baseball? I played basketball in high school and always loved basketball and always knew from that time that I wanted to be a basketball coach. It's funny how I actually ended up starting my coaching career here. It was my kind of my quote unquote off season job where I was the basketball coach here my first couple of years and then would coach here from November to March and then go to spring training in March, play play baseball, come back and then coach here again and, and did that for the first couple of years and until I finished up playing and then ended up uh, working here full time. So that's just kind of how it worked. But I always knew I wanted to be a basketball coach and, you know, was lucky enough to get to get the opportunity here at Indian Creek. Definitely. Do the players now, or at least when you first started, ask you a bunch of questions of, you know, playing for the Oakland? Yeah, 
they still ask. They still ask. They like to, you know, we have quite, quite a few of the basketball players are on the baseball team too, so they always want me to uh, go to baseball practice and they want me to pitch to them. Cooper's one of those included who who they like. They like to try and see if they they can get a hit off me. And you know, even though I tell them I'm I'm a little bit older, I can I still like to try and get a buy him every now and then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so your fastball went from like 95 to like 80. 72? <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if my fastball was ever at 95, you'd probably still see me um, <laughs> pitching for the A's. So uh, 95 might be a tad bit optimistic on what I was throwing. <laughs> <laughs> so how fast was your fastball? I was a left-handed pitcher, so whenever you're a left-handed pitcher, you don't have to throw quite as hard, but I was mid to upper 80s, somewhere right around there. Okay. So you were all about placement. Of course, and the change-up and the off-speed pitches and getting ahead in the count, and that's why when I do talk to the baseball guys, because you know I go to baseball practice every now and then and, and help them, we, we stress throwing strikes because it is so important to be able to throw strikes when you're pitching. I had no idea that you were a pitcher. I had no idea. So I guess I didn't do enough homework. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. One more Google search and you might have had it. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Okay, now I'll ask you some goofy questions. Go for it. Favorite pizza topping? Favorite pizza topping. So if I'm going just traditional, we'll go sausage. But, you know, if, if you want to be a little bit out there, I am a ham and pineapple guy where I will eat a ham and pineapple pizza. I know that can be somewhat controversial. However, I like it. And so sometimes if, if I'm going away from traditional, that's probably what I'll go with. Since I know now that you were a pitcher and have traveled some, where is your favorite city to be? Favorite city to be? I love Arizona. Love Arizona. have always loved it um, where spring training was for the Oakland A's. But I like warm weather. And I know it makes no sense me living here when I say I love warm weather. But the, the warmer, the better to me. Arizona is one of my favorite places. You are correct. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What city had the best food? Well, Chicago has the best food. Perfect. I mean, Yes, you, you can't beat Chicago food, so you, you don't have to go very far at all to get the best food. Nice. I like that answer. Where was your least favorite state to play in? Man, it depends. Uh, hopefully you don't have any um, people from Iowa listening here, but was never a huge fan of playing in Iowa just because, you know, you, you, you go on these road trips and you're, you're looking for, you know, something fun. I, I played one year in Vancouver, Canada. And Vancouver's great. There's so much to do. And, and the other cities are in, like, Seattle and, you know, Oregon and, and some of these great towns. And then you, you go to the Midwest League where King County is and you go to Clinton, Iowa or some other random place in the, in the middle of Indiana or wherever it might be. And, and with all due respect, they're great towns, great, great places, but they're not Vancouver, Canada. That's sometimes tough to, to play. I think I'm done with the goofy questions. I wanted to ask you one more serious question as we were talking about the baseball thing and your, you know, coaching high school, basketball. You know, most athletes, you know, whatever level that you get to, usually try to, especially if you're going to be a coach, stick in that sport or stick in that, you know, if you're AAA, then, you know, you try to get another job within AAA. What made you decide to go to high school and coach there? I always knew I wanted to work in education and especially at the high school level and just is something that, that I've always had a passion for. So I think 
you know, I, I was looking for that right away. And when I had that opportunity early on, it, w- it was a great opportunity and really liked it. And it stuck. And so then when, when I finished up my baseball career, I knew that this is this was the path that I wanted to take. Awesome. And how did you find your way to Shabinaw in the middle of nowhere, Illinois? So it's an interesting story, actually. The head basketball coach at Indian Creek before me was Steve Jocelyn. And he was also an assistant baseball coach at Northern. He was one of my assistant baseball coaches. He knew that I wanted to get into basketball eventually. And, and, and Coach Jocelyn, he, he took a team downstate in the 90s with the West Pike team and, and had a huge amount of success and was able to come over to Indian Creek and coach for a couple of years. So they had a freshman opening, and he said, I know you want to get into basketball. Why don't you be our freshman coach for a year. And I said, great. And that's kind of how it started. And then two years later, he resigned because he became, he's currently the head baseball coach at Chicago State University. So once he resigned, I was still playing baseball at that time, but I was offered the the varsity head job. And 14 years later, here I am. So not only is Indian Creek breeding athletes and, you know, productive members of society, it is also producing great coaches. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, Coach Joss and I learned a lot from him. I've learned a lot from a lot of really good coaches, both both here at Indian Creek and, and you know, other coaches that, that I've played for. So it's I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people to learn a lot of good things from. Well, I have learned a lot from you in this 20 to 30 minutes that we've been speaking. Thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And like I said, I don't believe in luck as much, but it seems like you guys are putting in the work and you've uh, teach these guys to play as a team. So execute well. I can see a regional championship in your favor. Well, I appreciate you having us on here, uh, Brandon. It's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully, um, you know, the, the, these guys are working hard, and we've had unbelievable support. And I know, you know, for the regional championship on Friday, it's going to be. Uh, a full house of, of red and black because it's been that way for the last month and we're really excited about it.